Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hello, I'm Arlo White, league commentator for NBC's coverage of the Premier League. I'm here to tell you about NBC Sports' Inside the Mind series, now becoming part of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Inside the Mind features interviews with the biggest names in football. Every episode can now be watched exclusively on the NBC Sports YouTube channel, but we're now making every interview available in audio form as part of the Premier League on NBC podcast. So, subscribe for free to the Premier League on NBC podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Plus, don't forget to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBC SM. Let's go inside the mind of the Chelsea manager, Frank Lampard. Frank, straight from the training ground here at Cobham. Absolute pleasure to sit down and talk to you here at a place that you're rather familiar with, let's be honest. Um, tell us about the day after the career that you had at this football club as a player, that you were offered the opportunity to come back as head coach? I was actually away on holiday in the summer and there was a lot of speculation um, about the, the role, but actually being offered it was completely surreal for me. Exciting, of course. Um, um, Nerve-wracking, put all the emotions into it because, you know, it's a, it's a club where I was fortunate enough to be part of a great era with some great players and we won trophies, etc., and when you get offered the role to come back, you, all the things flash through your mind. You know, what, what's the future? How can I match anything like that? You know, management to player is a huge difference. Um, but the overriding factor was, was a sense of pride straight away. That a club like Chelsea, which I know so well, that compete at the top level, wanted me to come and, and be in charge. So, a uh, special moment, and now I want to make the most of it. And what was it like? You know, you must have done 10,000 training sessions here as a player. What was it like taking your first training session here as a manager? Yeah, surreal and interesting. I mean, I uh, as, as a player, you know, it's uh, you get into a groove, and sometimes you don't think much. You know, you worry about yourself. You come here, played under great managers, and as I say, alongside great uh, players. But to come here and uh, and coach and manage was uh, is a different thing. Coming from this side of the fence is completely different. You take on responsibility every day, and the first day onwards, it's like, what can I do to get the most out of these players? How can we improve individually and collectively? Um, so I suppose in the early days, in those first days, was forming relationships, you know, talking to the players, particularly when you've been a recent player-ish, recent-ish mm. player, um, getting a feeling from them and letting them know kind of what, um, what you want from them. And we had a, a meeting as a group in the first few days. It was important for me to sort of the sort of standards that I want and what I want from them and how we can be a group that, that move forward and hopefully have success. Oh, it's very clear, and it always has been, when you were a player and now in the early days of you being a manager, that your people skills, your media skills, um, it's very authentic, it's very you. You're not trying to be anything that you're not. So that side of things is obvious it's going to be successful for you, but then you've got to back it up with a footballing philosophy that's definable. How would you define your own footballing philosophy in the way that you want your team to play? Yeah, well, I'll just hold my breath on the fact that it's a success <laughs> because there's a, hopefully a long way to go and, and navigating that as a manager is something that's new from a player. So that's, 
I appreciate what you said, but yeah, that's a constant one. But in terms of, yeah, the important stuff for me is what I do here. It's what I do on the training pitch every day and, and the results that we get. It's what I'm going to be judged on. So I like to be hands-on. Um, as a coach, I'm not a manager sitting back, watching from afar, delegating work to do on the training ground. I think the players need to see me. They need to see my passion for it, uh, my detail for it, and uh, almost build an obsession of how I want to uh, put over to the players what I want from them. Um, because what I want, and first thing I came here was like, which is something that I think we certainly, uh, me and the staff, I mean, at Derby had last year, which was a team that had huge work ethic uh, and a togetherness as a group. So those were the basics that forget all the tactics, forget what positions, what formations. Um, I wanted that huge work ethic, and I think we're getting there. And I think that's always something that I'm going to demand constantly from the players. And after that, I want us to win games, of course, because that's what, what gets you to where you want to be. But I want us to be a team that our all Chelsea fans all over the world, because it's a world brand, can be proud of, which means we move the ball well uh, with speed. We create chances, which we have been doing. Um, and we defend with an intensity and urgency in our game that make us hard to play against. So, you know, there's I could talk all day about the ins and outs of that, but there are basics that, that I, I sort of set our standards with. And so far, the players have shown that they're reacting and uh, we need to know that there's, there's a long way we can go, but I'm pleased so far. What's the hardest thing in-game to affect a game that you've found so far? Well, of course, as a manager, I, I think the, some of the most important, you know, the most important moments almost of your week are what you say at half-time, because sometimes in a game uh, it can be pivotal, and it can be simple, but it can be really pivotal, and then the substitutions that you make. And uh, I think in-game sometimes it's, and this is where I feel that um, something that we can work on, all of us, is that we can be adaptable. And I said that as soon as I came in. I don't want it to be set in one way, one formation. The players all have to work towards that as well, which means that they can accept new information. Uh, and then it's on me and the staff sometimes to make the, the right subs in-game and try and change things if needs be. So it's something that you can always speculate on after and review and say, did I get that right? Did I not quite get that right? But it's uh, as a manager, those 90 minutes and a bit in the middle are hugely important in your week, obviously. <laughs> um, young players, I mean, that's all the talk about Chelsea at the moment, isn't it? Um, I'll start with Tammy Abraham. Has he exceeded expectations? I don't like to say that because I had so much belief in him from knowing him as a younger boy, um, from seeing him score goals regularly last year at close quarters because I watched a lot of Villa last year. I felt that it was his time to come here and, uh, and, and, and attempt to challenge to be the, the striker, hence why I gave him the number nine shirt. A lot of people were like, oh, the number nine, it's not been that successful. I thought, no, this is a boy here with his personality that, that will live up to that, will, will stand up. And he's done it, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say he's exceeded, but he's given everything and maybe a bit more. It's a hat-trick for Tammy Abraham, who is really looking the part. And you go, attributes, great, tall, powerful, quick, can hold the wall up, can score goals. And you go, OK, but can we eat more out of you, Tammy? Can you run behind defences more? Can you hold it up that bit more? And can you be more clinical in the box? And every day here, he gives everything for all those bits. Do you find younger players these days are more confident, um, they, they're more comfortable with the shirt and the pressure than perhaps previous generations. Is that something just about the younger generation in society these days? I'm not sure because I think it's hard to, to look at different eras or how things change. Of course, you know, things are always moving forward. What I will say on that point, and I want to give credit to the academy for this, is that when they develop these young men in, who we've got here now in our first team squad, 
they develop firstly as people and secondly as players. Um, and they do it better than I think anywhere in the world uh, because I know them so close. Um, so when, when you look at the, all the names that you're going to mention or have mentioned, uh, they come here confident, but they also come here humble. They also come here wanting to work hard. So those are the great basics. And then on the pitch, they're talented boys. So I don't know to compare them, but what I do know is a huge credit to the academy because they're, they're bringing through um, young men full of great character. Do you remember any of them from your playing days and training sessions here? Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember uh, Tammy Abraham would train with us a little bit occasionally. Uh, I remember training. He's been injured, so it's uh, unfortunate, really. But Ruben uh, Loftus-Cheek training with us quite a few times. And he was a young boy then. And uh, I, I remember seeing him and, and the talent and the potential was obvious. Um, but I always would have an eye on the academy. So the lads that didn't even train with us, myself, John Terry, other players would go and watch a, a youth team game, would have a communication with the youth team manager, whether it be Brendan Rogers back in the day or Paul Clement, um, and see what's coming, what's next, who's doing well. And um, unfortunately, not too many bridged the gap, crossed that road over there and came to the first team building. But now they've, uh, they've forced their way across. Mm. Is that what it's called? Well, Crossing the road? It, it's, it, there, there is a, there's physically a road there. <laughs> and, you know, it's an analogy that sort of, that I, I thought, you know, people don't see that. You know, everyone thinks, oh, a big training complex. We, we are built, first team building, academy building, and there's a road across, and it should be connected. And what I didn't do, and there were some reports when I came in that I made it, everyone mix and all that. No, I think there should be a desire. You have to get to a level to cross that road. Uh, it doesn't just come for you, but if you earn it, if you show daily, weekly, the communication between staff from academy to first team needs to be huge. So we recognise or we're told when players are deserving a chance to be here and then they come over and then it's up to them. Another player, obviously with um, an NBC audience, um, the United States, very keen to follow the progress of Christian Pulisic. What impression has he made on you so far? Yeah, I'm very aware of the um, attention around Christian, and that's credit to him because of what he's done at such a young age in his career. You know, to come through at the age of Dortmund and become a regular very, very soon into his career there, which is a huge club in Europe. To be so pivotal in the, uh, in the national team um, back home, uh, well, back home, not for us, maybe, <laughs> well, maybe for you now, but um, is, is a, a huge credit to him. But what I think that, that, that um, maybe makes you forget from the outside is that he is young. So we talk about Mason and Tammy, etc., and go, they're young. It's, Christian needs exactly the same bit of time. He's changed country, he's come to a new league, he impressed in pre season. Um, and then in the season, he started games, and then I've changed the team, and the team's done quite well. And then just last game against Southampton, he came on and created a great assist. Um, and we need to give him that bit of time. You know, I want Christian to be the best he can be here. It was a big signing, uh, a lot of responsibility for him and responsibility for me to try and get the best out of him. So, yeah, it's, um, his character's been great. He's working hard. Um, yeah, and he's going to be a big player for this club. Patience is the key. Yeah, for sure. And as I say, my, my problem, and it's a really good problem, and a lot of managers would take this problem, is I have to pick probably from, you know, four really good wingers, uh, three really good strikers, six or seven really good midfield players into positions. And, and I need competition for that. And it might mean that there might be players that are sometimes not playing, especially developing players, whoever it may be. Uh, and that competition is what will improve us all and hopefully improve us more importantly as a, as a group because Chelsea needs to, we want to be competitive. So, yeah, those are problems. But with Christian, we need to give him a bit, that bit of time. But with talent that we know he's got and if he impl uh, applies himself daily with work ethic, etc., then of course he can be a big player for us. Finally, um, let's go back and indulge ourselves in your playing days. 211 goals. I mean, it's ridiculous um, for Chelsea. Record goal scorer. Is there a favourite out of all of those? Well... 
there's, there's a few, but I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it quite tight, I suppose, because the, the emotional um, favourites for me were the goals that won us the league against Bolton in 2005 and scored two on the day. Um, but they, and there were a few goals that do it to me, but some give me goosebumps when I look back. It's a long time ago now, unfortunately. Um, but it meant a lot to win this club, the Premier League, after 50 years. Uh, it meant a lot to the group we had at the time, which had never won as a group. We've not won anything really. And Jose Mourinho, the manager, and Roman Abramovich, his first major winning the Premier League trophy. Um, so, yeah, emotionally, I would say those. Well, Frank, thank you for your frankness. It's been absolutely fascinating thank talking you. to you. All the best for the rest of the Cheers, season. Cheers, Thank you very much. Cheers. Nice All being here. Thank yeah, you, too. For more episodes of Inside the Mind, check out the NBC Sports YouTube channel or you can subscribe to the Premier League on NBC podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Plus, make sure you tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBC SN. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.